Well, it's, it's, it's sad, yet it's happy. Welcome to another episode of Loud Pipes. Grab a beverage and join us as we talk about all things relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. And now your host for this episode, Rich Warfield, John Maracol, and Brother Bacon. Loud Pipes, episode 188. Oh my, I've been to the track again. John's been to Sturgis and back. And Bacon has got some bike, uh, bike news. But more importantly, we're going to have a special guest in the house tonight. We're going to be talking to Jordan Long from JL Unlimited. We're going to get into some track day riding, some racing, Moto America. Maybe even talk about smaller bikes like the Ovalis. It's going to be crazy. All right, my first go host to the east, the riding fool, Spider Silk, Johnny John. How are you? Doing well, man. And yourself? I'm hanging in there. It was refreshing that this morning it was like below 70 degrees. Oh, so nice. So nice. 70 degrees. I was in, uh, I was below 70 degrees here a few weeks ago, but we won't talk about that. That'd be the next show. That'll be a future show. That's right. Hint, hint. John's been to Sturgis, but we're not talking about it tonight. No, we're not going to talk about it tonight. Sorry. All right. Do you have a beverage or are you still rehydrating? I'm rehydrating still. Ah, H2O in the house. But I know my brother to the west will pick up my slack for me. That's right. Brother Bacon is in the house. And what are you drinking? Oh, well, you know, I've kind of been on my my little kick with the 1985 uh, version of the uh, Rogue. So that's what I'm sipping on tonight. Just Rogue? Well, the Rogue... um, (laughs) What is it? The new Belgium? What, what are the new Belgiums? <laughs> That's like saying I had the beer. <laughs> I had the beer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, no, it's, 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 a, it's the mango IPA. Oh, okay. Now you're getting a little more specific. Now I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bored. Wonderful 12 ounce cans. Yes. Beautiful. Well, very nice. Very nice. Well, I will round it out with, of course, the clean, the classic, the copper. And these funky peel-off tops from OMB, the classic. Oh, yeah. Did you just pick those up the other night there, Rich? No, my lovely wife went out and got me a 12-pack about a week ago. So these are, these are kind of going in, like, conservative mode, you know. I got to hydrate. Track day coming up, you know. More water, a little stretching. Got to get ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Extra beer. All right, without any more beer stalling, let's bring in our our special guest for this evening. I met him down at Road Atlanta recently, where Bryce and I went to watch some some Moto America, which was fantastic. And he showed us around the pits, and we talked to some some racers and all kinds of good stuff, so appreciate the hospitality. And let's go ahead and bring in Jordan Long from JL Unlimited. Welcome, Jordan. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Or this evening, or wherever you're at, morning time doesn't matter. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. So, yeah, we've got a Wonderful. good, good show for tonight. We can't wait to talk about all things that go fast, a little racing, some track days, uh, whatever we want to get into. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I want to get into uh, my hydration also. I don't want to be left out in this in this uh, in this conversation. That's right. What's uh, in the glass? <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm the only kind of sober one here, but believe it or not, there's a new water that I've been drinking that uh, is uh, pretty good. 
And good water, please do pray tell. <laughs> it's not expensive. It's actually um, uh, recirculated from Brita. Nice. Nice. Straight from the pitcher. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's actually they got a new filter that just came out. Um, the thing is like ridiculously expensive uh, for one filter. Usually it's about thirty something dollars. Um, but they're like I said, they're testing some some new stuff out. Nice. So this thing's like almost sixty bucks for one, and it's only good for like two months. So uh, they gave me a little uh, six pack. So uh, if you think that uh, drinking alcoholic beverages are expensive. Try drinking water for a little bit. <laughs> it falls from the sky, but you know what? Pay for it. Well, John, what, yeah, exactly. what is that rehydration it. stuff that you turned me on to, John? What is that stuff called? What, the core? It's core, yeah. So, so it, core water that you get in the, in the convenience store is really good. You know, if you don't have your Brita, right. and $60, <laughs> You know, I'm not sure if you've seen it there. If you only got $4 in a gas station, you can get this highfalutin water. Yeah. I don't, I'll try it out. But it's got, like, it's got like it's got a pH that's supposed to be compatible, I guess, for, for absorption. So it's, it's great for hydrating, but more importantly for rehydration because the body just uh-huh. takes it in and whatever the pH number is is supposed to be really good for that. So I always grab a couple of those. I'm out on a bike now at one for during and one for after. Yeah. And also, I also do smart water as well. Yeah. I can't find core or it's between core and smart water is my two. I go to, you do know the, yeah. iron, the irony of smart water and paying for it, right? <laughs> you feel like a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, I'm just saying, but no. Um, so you said those last like six months, you said each one of those, uh, little containers, little filters, Last only about two months, but they gave me like a six pack. Okay, but okay, so when you say two months, like, do they give you like uh, gallons or liters? Or? They, yeah, they pretty much have like a timeline on how good the filter lasts. Doesn't matter how much you use it. They said after about two months, maybe two and a half months, if you stretch at it, throw it away. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I was wondering because a lot of things are more based off of, you know, the amount that goes through it, not right. the time. Usage and filter per tons and stuff like that. Correct. This one is a, after about two months, uh, chuck it. That's really not so bad then. That means like, th- so that means like that's like a dollar a day. That's a good way to think about it. Hey, I appreciate that. It's yeah, you, I'm brother Bacon. Like dollar a day not- water. <laughs> not that expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, VP race fuel is only $14 a gallon, but if I only use five gallons in a one month period, I think that's still a dollar a day. See how fast you can go around the track with just a dollar. <laughs> yeah. How far can I go for $1? You started. That's about what you did. <laughs> I got, whoop. that's about it. <laughs> Done. I got, I got to the starting line. I started it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, speaking of track, then, uh, Jordan, give us a little background. I know we didn't talk a heck of a lot about this in Atlanta, but I know you have raced before, you track day coaching, and you have a podcast we'll get into later this evening. But give us the the high-level background, and we'll start there. Okay. Um, well, 
uh, I guess the, the beginning of it, I started, um, I guess you say motorcycling. I wasn't a real enthusiast, but I did start motorcycling when I lived in New York in the Bronx and, you know, doing some crazy stuff, evading police. You know, we was running around with dirt bikes with no licenses, no helmets, no gloves, no nothing, just acting all type of stupid. So long story short, I figured out I can go pretty fast avoiding things including the police and, you know, oncoming traffic, people, pedestrians, dogs, stuff like yeah, that. Manholes. So, yeah, animals, exactly. Later on in my, my uh, not-so-reckless years, I actually joined the military, and I was actually stationed out in uh, Pearl Harbor. And, you know, if you ever get a chance to go out to Hawaii, you'll actually see that, you know, besides the skin-clad bikinis and the high-rises and the beautiful water, there's a really... Um, deep motorcycle scene out there. Ah. So once I uh, started out there and noticed that, you know, I can get a decent bike for a decent price, I uh, rode the bejesus out that thing for about a good two years. <laughs> and then someone told me all of a sudden uh, I was driving. I can't, I can't remember. I was going somewhere. And it was like, hey, where are you going? I'm like, nowhere. It's like, well, aren't you coming to the track? Like, what track? It's like, we got a track you here? A track? I'm like, yeah, exactly. It's like, this is Honolulu, Hawaii. Where's there a place to put a freaking track at? <laughs> they sent me over to the track. And next thing I know, I'm kind of like, hey, I know you. I know you. I know you. It's just like, you guys saw me on the weekdays running around with my head cut off, trying to, you know, dip and dodge and do all this fun stuff. It's kind of like, you guys didn't tell me there was a track here? <laughs> so within about three months, saving up a couple of dollars, I got my first set of leathers, first set of a real actual helmet, got my whole kit together, um, learned how to prep my bike for the first time with a professional AMA pro racer. Um, his name is Kim. I can't, I can't remember his last name. I think his name is Nakagara, if I remember right. Uh, he actually ran the track date organizations out there in Hawaii. So I was constantly getting information from him. How do I do this about that? And so he helped me out as much as he could. And um, next thing I know, I'm training from getting my race license. Nice. Got my race license. Um, didn't last that long because uh didn't know how I was, how to gauge anything long story short. So I got my first crash, got my first crash in and uh, got it early and uh, if you're going to get your first crash in, do it the right way. <laughs> Take your nose out. You know, you want bike blood everywhere. Oh, no. You know, oh, no. Bits and pieces everywhere. You want to crash like a man. <laughs> so, <literally. laughs> so, so like MotoGP the, this, this yeah, past week. You know, yeah, like last weekend. Oh, I tore that oh, man. Up. Was, oh, man. Wait, that wasn't MotoGP, was it? Was it uh, Rossi? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Rossi almost got hit. Almost got hit. By yeah. his teammate's bike. Oh, that's no, it was, it was Zarko's bike. Pardon me. It was Zarko's bike that almost clotheslined um, uh, team, Rossi's teammate because Rossi almost got creamed, but it, it boot past him. And Maverick was literally, he had to cover his head yeah. uh, before the bike hit him. So luckily, uh, no one got seriously injured. But uh, long story short, um, yeah, I, I careened that bike big time. It took me about <laughs> six months to get that bike together, bits and pieces. I was riding the train. I, like I said, active duty. 
had nowhere to you know no way to get back and forth because that was my only mode of transportation. So I had to get the train and the bus every day to get back and forth to work while I'm fixing this thing up. And then um my tour duty ended. Uh we left Hawaii, came over here. I'm a newly married man uh with a two-year-old, and I'm asking my wife, can I get a minor can I get a small little motorcycle, please? And she was just kind of, she sort of looked at me. She's like, it's only a six hundred. <laughs> exactly. 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 So she was like, Yeah, why not? I got a 2009 Yamaha R6, which uh-huh. I'm actually still racing and riding right now to this day. Got this in 2009. So it was only about two years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And I haven't looked back ever since. My first road race was less than a year after that. Once I got the motorcycle, I raced CCS and VIR. And knowing what Kim had taught me and some other things I've learned through Keith Code's books and some other videos and stuff that I've learned, um, I put all that stuff together. And my first time looking at VIR North, Cor- North Course, mm-hmm. I did a 132. And doing a 130 anything on a track you have no idea where you're going to, no direction at all, first race day, mm. I found myself close to back of the grid, but then I ended up sixth in the race. Nice. Wow. So I talked to a couple of people. Actually, I talked to uh, uh, Dave Moss of Moss Tuning. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave Moss, the other Dave Moss from OTT on the throttle. They're uh, long gone. But anyway... Uh, I talked to those guys and I gave him my numbers and he's like, are you serious? I'm like, what do you mean? It's like with the numbers that you have and the, you know, the times that you're doing, it's like you would have not been last on the grid, but you <laughs> would maybe second to last on the grid. So I'm just like, you know, you're doing really good times. I told him everything was going on my bike. I had stock suspension. I had crummy tires. Um, I valved it a little bit, just as much as I could. Right. Played around with some tire pressures, um, and that was about it. Everything else was just like bone, bone stock. Had no electronics, had no exhaust, had nothing. And he's just like, dude, if you're doing this, we need to put you on some machinery. So Dave or Dave's, I like to call them the Dave's, <laughs> the Dave's. They actually put me together and uh, helped me out for like the next two to three years to where I've got some decent sponsors. I'm running mid-pack. And within about a year and a half, I was getting fourths and fifths consistently in CCS and Weira. I was running three groups in CCS, including the GTO, which everyone knows the GTO is the super bikes of 600s. We call it the grinder. Because if you live through the 600 GTOs, then, you know, you survive, you know, something miraculous. And I was doing four different classes in the Weira classes, including the, I think they call it the H7, which is the 1,000cc superbikes. So I'm gritting up with Taylor Knapp, mm-hmm. Garrett Gerloff. I'm not trying to drop any names. Let let me rephrase that. I'm not trying to drop any names or anything. These are the people who I've actually looked through my visor and saw them on the same grid as me on the, on the track and we're racing. And I'm like, I 
think I'm in the wrong group. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like I said, I just kept my head. Um, Taylor uh, and a couple other guys, I always asked them questions about, hey, how about this? How about that? What tires are you running? What tire pressures? So forth and so on. What equipment should I be on? So forth and so on. And um, from then, and this is 2010 on, I've always been talking, communicating, and passing my knowledge on from the things that I've learned on to the newer riders. Mm -hmm. So fast forward just two years after 2010, after uh, Gary Gerloff spanks me with um, Jake Lewis at Roblin Roads, he runs off to go to Mode America, or at the time this was AMA Pro slash Mode America DMG, and goes to New Jersey. And um, I start doing my first coaching with the various small groups who needed a couple of coaches and it's kind of like, Hey, do you know how to teach somebody the basics for racing? And I'm like, yeah, I can, you know, show them a mat, how to fall on their head. It's like, I've been doing that for six years now. I've only and fallen on like, my head once. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like, all right, well you do that. And if you get comfortable with that, or if you get fast enough, we got some other guys that may need your help also. And I'm like, all right, cool beans. So I've been actually doing uh, various coaching um, sidelines of my racing for just under six years. And right about now, um, with things going the way they are, um, I'm just glad that we have racing back in the, back in the world, period. Because oh, yeah. uh, as we know, you know, with this craziness going on, uh, we was coming to the end of the world. So uh, that's pretty much my long story short that ran over 15 years, about 15 years from me racing illegally to racing legally to track day coaching. Now um, I've got crazy stuff going on to where I'm coaching racing and I'm doing media. Yay. A a good transition then. What, uh, I know you have some involvement with the Moto America team, so tell us about that. All right. With the Moto America team, um, I've taught, as you said, I've, I've, not to name drop or anything like that, and I do apologize if somebody's over here, oh, that crappy guy. <laughs> dropper. <laughs> None <laughs> of us are going to do that. You just just worry about the guys that you're name dropping. <laughs> right, exactly. And they know me. So the thing about it is that everybody who I name, they can actually be like, yeah, yeah, I remember actually do seeing him. Um, actually, uh, I ran into who I thought I raced with, and I'm, we still talk about this, Max Flinders. Mm-hmm. Max was the only person I know in America that had the triple eight. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, um, dude, I, I used to race with you. He's like, nah, Drew, nah, nah, nah. So we started going back. It's like, have you raced here? Have you raced here? It's like, yeah, I think I raced here. Yes. Okay, well, then I saw you. So... I'm running around um, doing my podcast, my interview stuff, and I'm talking with uh, different teams, trying to get my feet wet because this is like one of my first couple of years Mm -hmm. that I've been doing myself as a media group and working with Moto America. And I'm running around last year with my company and I get a little small little vacation and Motor America's down at Barber, which they just did the uh, the brand new pavement, which some people hate, some people like. 
I think is fantastic. It's super smooth, yeah. but I think it's a little bit too smooth. That so was the tire test, right? That was the big tire test? Well, no, not the tire test. The last round for Motor America in 2019. Okay. So over there, um, I'm looking at Max, and like I said, this is after a conversation that we had. I'm like, where's everybody at? It was him and his dad, and that was about it. <laughs> so I'm like, where's every where's your crew at? He's like, it's just me and my dad and my girlfriend. And I'm like, is she going to flip tires? And he was like, no. So I'm like, oh, um, man. you look like you need some help. And he was like, well, actually I do. And like I said, me and Max already talked and we established that he raced with me before. And he's like, well, what you got going on? And I happen to be like, well, right about now, I've got no one to interview. I'm twiddling my thumbs. Let's talk. And, yeah. And yeah, he was kind of like, dude, I would love your help if you, if you got the time. And I'm like, if you need me, I'm here for you. It's like we already established that, you know, we're cool people. So it's kind of like, you need me, let me know, and I'm here. He talked to his dad for like five seconds. His dad welcomed me in with open arms, and he was just like, where have you been all my life? So nice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here for you now. And uh, believe it or not, the first round, oh, sorry, the last round, pardon me, um, at Barber was our first, uh, real work. And I showed that Martin, which is Max's father, he does, he's pretty much the head mechanic and almost a, the crew chief and everything for, for Max. Right. And I showed him that I know how to wrench on a bike since I've been working on my bike for, you know, eight plus years. And he's like, we need your help. You're the first person I'm calling. So believe it or not, this next, uh, or the first round coming up at, um, Road America, um, I was just checking in on Max and Martin and see how things were going. He's like, I'm glad you called. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, are you going to be at Road America? And I was like, <laughs> do, do, do you do you need me? And he was like, yes, I need you. Please come. I booked my flight, went over there. I talked to Martin and uh, Tim, which is the actual owner of Thrash Bike Racing. And uh Tim was kind of like, hey, I've heard great things about you and so forth and so on. And he's kind of like, make sure you have your shirt clean and ready to go because we're going to need you way more than this. So I'm like, so am I part of the team? He was like, you're officially part of the team coming from my mouth to your ears. And I'm like, cool beans. Anytime you need me, give me a call. So um, I've been working with uh, Thrash Bike Racing for just under... Uh, six months, uh, wasn't able to do the last round. Uh, well, actually I was not able to do the last round, but as you saw, um, road me Atlanta. and Rich, that I was at, a uh, road Atlanta with uh, my girls cause they've never been to a, uh, motor American race. They've seen me race very limited. Um, right. cause whenever they got schooling and stuff like that and their mom needs them to do other things. So when they got a chance to, uh, come to a motor America round, they loved it. And, um, yeah. So yeah, nice. that was my, and I'm still, still getting a lot of, um, networking rich from attack knows me now. Uh, I try not to bother him too much, but he knows me now. A couple of the guys from, uh, attack and, uh, Chris Ulrich from, uh, Suzuki. He knows me. I've interviewed him a couple of times. So a couple of the guys actually do know me from, even from fly racing, a couple of owners of them know me. So I'm, I'm still working the, uh, the motor America paddock, but now I can actually, you know, walk through there pretty confidently now right. knowing that, you know, some of the bigger teams kind of know me and some of the, you know, major players kind of like, Hey Jordan, how you doing? It's kind of like, Oh wow. He knows my name. Cool beans. So, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Good. Yeah. I know it's a lot of work, you know, just 
working on the bike is one thing, but, you know, trying to do, you know, media type things, it, it is a lot of work. And, you know, I was really there just to hang out with Bryce and enjoy the racing. And it was a good time. Yeah, it was good times. Good to see you. And uh, it's good to see the, the light in Bryce's eyes. Oh, my oh. goodness. Those bikes <laughs> came by and he could not take his eyes off the track. I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, my girls are kind of like I said, they're kind of used to it. Uh, me being a racer and me having suits around and helmets around and stuff like that. Like, oh, this is the new suit. This is the new helmet. And, you know, they're kind of used to it. But like I said, with Bryce, when he saw those bikes come by, even with the uh, the Junior Cup class came by and he was kind of like, wow, that is so cool. So, yeah, I can't wait to see Bryce um, evolve and get uh, more acquainted with the uh, what we got going on in Motor America. Yeah, I'm, I might need to, I might need to enlist your help for uh, getting the misses on board. <laughs> I that's am the main stumbling block. For, right, I'm down for that, but I'm not going to get nobody uh, <laughs> evicted from the house. I'm not going to uh, get somebody um, divorced. So uh, <laughs> I Smart try to things like that. <laughs> but yeah, you're right though. But Bryce is all in. I mean, he'd be racing now if I let him. He's He's just chomping at the bit to to ride something more than his mini bike and little you know little electric bike. Oh, definitely! I can see it in his eyes. Yeah, go ahead. Make I'm going to feel about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough sell. That's a tough sell. I think maybe what would work is if she saw him go out and try it. You know, if we could go somewhere where they had the the little avalis or something like that, where he could mm-hmm. you know spin a couple of laps and you know like a uh, what do they call that? Not a cone course. What do they call that? Kind of like a time a attack course. course. Yeah, like a little mini, a mini course. course. Not like out on the yeah. big track, but yeah, you know, just kind of see him go. But and then the pure joy. Like he likes to watch the track days. He loves going to the track. We watch, you know, we watch Moto America, World Superbike, Moto GP. Like every weekend, we got we have to get them all in. So it's fun. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, if I can get my wife all for it, and not to say I'm a, I'm an easy sell or or a great salesman, <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, if I can get uh my wife and a couple other people, female wise, into it, uh, not to say that you know she'll be a hard sell, but definitely if she sees the joy that her own son yeah. uh, brings to it, then it's kind of like you know you, you can't you almost can't say no to that. But um to mention that. Uh, I don't know exactly where you're at if you're close by here. I'm in Savannah, Georgia. I just moved down here from Beaver, South Carolina. Since now I'm a, a newly, fred, newly fledged uh, Georgia boy, uh, <laughs> Josh Heron house is not that far from me. Nice. The he Heron has compound. The Heron compound. He actually has a small course um, down by his house. And I'm I'm not to say I'm on first name basis with his mother, but I can try <laughs> talking with her and being like, hey, is there a possibility we may be able to finagle something? Yeah. But lots of times, if there's enough people that goes to the house for the, even for a day, she'll open it up and she'll have, you know, sessions out for the 110s, the 90s, the 60s, so forth and so on. So, I mean, if we make it, we can make it work. I can make a f- couple phone calls and make it happen. Awesome. Yeah, we're in Charlotte. That's not, that's a couple hours that's from here. That's not that far off. Yeah. That's not far off at all. So we can definitely make something like that work. Nice. Now, you, you want to talk about that a little bit? You're trying to get your daughter into racing a little bit? Or is she we training? Just transition. We just make smooth transitions, don't we? <laughs> 
We're just moving right along. <laughs> right along. <laughs> we've we've done um, one or two of these, maybe. Just, yeah. <laughs> newbies. That's all we are, newbies. Um, yeah, with my youngest daughter, I got two girls. Oldest girl is Taylor. She is turning 16. And my youngest one is Kieran. That was the one that was wading in the pool and acting all types of craziness. Mm-hmm. So with <laughs> the older one, she was trying to get into bikes, obviously, a while ago. And right when things were going pretty good to where I was ready to get her onto a motorcycle, uh, she decided that she liked horses a little bit more. Uh-huh. I'm, I try to be a good dad. Got and it's kind of like, OK, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to compete with that. So if you like horses more than this, then, hey, we're going to go with that. So she started riding horses and started training horses. Next thing I know, she's the freaking horse whisperer. Uh, I'm just kind of like, wow, this may actually be her calling. You know, I'm going to leave that alone. (laughs) So she's been doing horse things for about a good four or five, about four years. And my youngest one, she's only nine now. But you imagine four years ago, she's only like three or four. She hears the bike and stuff like that, but she doesn't kind of put two and two together. She sees dads with his leather, stuff like that, but she's not putting two and two together. Last year, um, I'm doing a, a impromptu race. Here's, here's, the, here's the impromptu. My bike is down. It's not mechanically nothing wrong with it. It's just been sitting for a while. And the race season wasn't really promising to me in the Southeast region. And I wasn't going to race. But I had some other guys and my teammates for another a local team of mine they was already signed up to race. So I tell them, it's like, okay, listen, I'm not racing this weekend. I'll come down. I'll crew chief. I'll make sure you guys are straight. I'll make sure you guys are good to go. If you have any questions on the track, which is rolling roads, which is outside Savannah or outside downtown Savannah, right. that's my backyard. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's, it's not a hard track to learn, but you can screw it up really easily and you can lose minor little tents here and there which will add up to, you know, three tenths loss of the line. And I've seen that happen. So it's kind of like, okay, don't do this. Try this, yada, yada, yada. If you go over here, you're too far, so on and so on. So I'm coaching these guys through Friday's practice. And my guys are telling me, it's kind of like, dude, I need you out on track. It's like, no, you don't. Listen to what I'm telling you. Look at these markings. You've got a pavement patch over here. you got a line patch over here, yada, yada, yada. Just do what I'm telling you to do. It's like, dude, I need you out on track so I can follow you. No, you don't. Just go out there and do it. Long story short, I'm fighting with these guys all day Friday. They're not doing great, but they could do better. Mm -hmm. So Saturday morning comes up and I'm getting guff from both of them. Dude, just go get your bike. Just go get your bike. It's like, dude, you know you want to race anyway. Just go get your bike. It's like, dude, I haven't even had my license. For me to race this this one weekend is going to cost me like $400 plus right. fuel. It's like, and I'm already already on uh, worn tires. They're not really bad tires because I run Dunlops. Um, but they just had like two track days on them, and but they were like six months old. They haven't been used. And it's like, dude, why am I going to run on six months old tires? I'm not trying to fall on my head. Dude, you know, you know, just go. So I'm like, ah, you're killing me. So my my church brother 
he's with me because he kind of helps me uh, get back and forth. He's not really like a mechanic, but he's kind of like my aid. Yeah, someone to help out. So, right, someone to help by an extra hand whenever Here's I'm doing blood, something. Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Here's your helmet, sir. Um, so he's even giving me guff. He's like, dude, you know you want to race. I'm just kind of like, I'm not supposed to get this from you. So he's just like, so much for wingman. <laughs> yeah, you know, bad wingman, bad, horrible. Yeah, he lost his wingman card a long time ago. <laughs> it's like, so he's just like, dude, just, just just go to the ATM, get the money, because you know you want to race anyway. And I'm like, no, I really don't want to race. He beats me in the head. He actually drives over to the ATM. I'm like, where are we at? To the ATM. Why are we here? Look, Jordan, they have cash right in front of you. Come on. (laughs) Exactly. I'm just like, I can't do nothing around you people. I'm like, I I hate all you guys. (laughs) Go get the money. Go back to the track. Pay for my license. Pay for the next day. Go to the house. Grab my bike. Remember, my bike's not even prepped up. Grab my bike. Get it out. Get it out uh, late that Saturday night. Still go home that night. Come back in the morning get everything ready. I actually raced two races, which I didn't want to do. Uh, got fourth and one and DNF in the other. Cause my shifter, um, from vortex, who I love him very much, but sometimes they're kumquats. Um, my <laughs> shifter came off. So mm. I couldn't even change gears. I'm stuck in third gear. I'm trying to get out of fourth. I'm trying to get in fourth gear. And I'm reaching down. I got no shift There's lever. Nothing there. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What was that? No, I'm saying you reach down and it's like, oh, nothing there. Nothing there. So I'm doing a whole lap. I'm doing a whole, uh, I guess you call it a Cinderella lap. I couldn't do nothing. So I just had my hands up, waving to everybody. And uh, I come in and I'm, I'm just pissed to all Hades. I come into the pit area. I'm, like I said, I'm beyond livid. I come in, dump my bike off, and my nine-year-old daughter comes over to me with the biggest grin on her face. I'm like, what are you smiling about? <laughs> this is the first time she actually saw me twist the throttle in anger. Mm-hmm. Every time she's ever seen me go around, it's usually like putt-putting around the block. She never seen me go 100, well, I was at 110 miles an hour during the front straight of Roland Roads. So she's like, Oh my goodness, I didn't know you can do that. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you went so fast, I couldn't even keep up with you. (laughs) And I'm like, my anger was gone. Just melted. Oh, I'm supposed to be mad right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that hurts. (laughs) That hurts. That was kind of, I couldn't even be mad at not being mad. She was like, Daddy, I want to be just like you now. I want to have a suit like you. I want to do everything like you. Where uh-huh. can we go to the store? I want to get a motorcycle. And I'm like, what? can I get a hug, please? <laughs> and, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it was done after that. First thing we went to was the Cycle Gear store here in Savannah. Yeah. Uh, got her a helmet, gloves, got her some. Uh, we didn't have, didn't have boots in her size, but I pretty much got her kitted up. I talked to, um, the guys at O'Valley and I'm like, dude, what can we do to get her into, uh, uh, the small little, I think it was like the, the 40 or the 45. 
and um, Brandon, Brandon Cretu was just kind of like, hey, just fill out this form. We're on back order right about now. And, uh, you know, we got crazy stuff going on right about now. But it's like, just keep in touch with me and, and I'll try to find you something. And I'm like, all right, cool beans. And long story short, I uh, couldn't get anything in a nick of time because what he was talking about was getting together with Mode America mm-hmm. and starting a junior cup for the O'Valley series. So oh. 2020 at round two actually started the O'Valley cup, which starts from six years old to 14 years old. And they have uh, various races throughout the classes on all different O'Valley's and they're completely sponsored all through uh, American racing Academy, which, um, sponsors some of the the potential riders from different age groups in the Ovali Cup and as well as the guys from Moto America. So it was really good to have them out and stuff. And my daughter is just biting at the at the cho- you know chopping at the, the bit. bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just like um his son is just to get racing because um you know once you see you know not just someone racing who you may idolize but if you have your dad your uncle mom whoever it is uh doing something that you know is amazing to you then you know it's good to see that so um that's what they got going on the ovalley cup uh which is just did round two at pittsburgh um, I didn't get all the standings because, uh, like I said, I wasn't there for round two for the Valley Cup. But uh, I know some of the key players that did very well in round one also did well in round two. And some other uh, young talent that we have in the Valley Cup um, has really been making their mark and has really shown their mental uh, capabilities and their stamina and stuff. And it's going to be really good to see these young kids. Um, and I can call them kids, you know, I mean, they're, they're literally kids. Uh, I think the smallest one I saw was like, and I'm not joking, like 43 pounds. I weighed him even in his suit. He was like, <laughs> And I'm just kind of like, and he was ripping this little thing back and forth. Like, you know, like uh, Valentino and Cameron Bobier. And I'm just kind of like, wow, it, it's <laughs> going to be really amazing to see these kids grow up uh, right before our eyes and right in front of the TV screen. I don't know if I'll be saying it right, but um, Nathan Gooker won the race, the mini cup at pit, at pit race. Uh, I think it is Gooker. Yeah, I think it is yeah, Gooker. Um, he was, yeah, he was the... Uh, 12 year old if i believe right he was a 12 year old who won in that series or that that um not the series but that race but like i said they've got the six to i think it's six to nine nine through 11 or 12 then they've got the 12 to like 14 yeah so they've got like i said they, they, they've got it down to the to the to, yeah they've got that thing really really dialed in right and like i said they've got big sponsors like the american racing academy which you know has a moto 2 team right and they've actually come out and they've got john hopper helping out i mean come on now you can't almost get better than that uh you know moto gp legend and um not just world superbike runner-up but british world superbike runner-up uh twice so i mean you know and you got him 
on your side telling him or him telling you what's going on or what to do. Then you've got the other professional Motor America racers, uh, Nikki, um, Nikki Hayden's uh, younger brother, Roger Lee Hayden. And then you've got Tony Elias down in there helping out mm-hmm. and various guys. Also, Josh Heron has got his his meat hooks and a couple of those kids also. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's been doing his little due diligence to make sure that, uh, you know, it's going to be a really tight grid up there. And uh, it's really fun to see those kids out there. So, yeah, I know Bryce is out. He's going to be out there very soon. And like uh, I said, going to be possibly battling with uh, with my daughter. Yeah, it'd be the battle of the kids, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. North Carolina versus South Carolina or Georgia now. Georgia. <laughs> so with uh, kids racing and stuff like in the O'Valley Cup and stuff like that, it, it being newer um, and you loving it. Um, yes. Now, I'm going to kind of I'm going to shift gears here. We're, we're yeah. going to get off of sport bikes for a second. Yeah. What how do you think about what do you think about like um and do it earlier this year, but the uh, Bagger Hog GP. Where was that? Because I heard something about it, but I Coming wasn't up. like I said. Laguna Seca. Laguna. Okay, um, because everyone's got craziness going on. I heard about this, and I thought they was supposed to do it at Road America, but I don't know if they actually did it or not. Like I said, I had my head down working on uh, Max's. Uh, a machine because we just put a brand new freaking front end on there which uh sucked butt but uh, other than that uh, <laughs> i saw some guys running around with baggers and uh, i don't know if it was a cruise ride or not but i haven't really heard a lot about that but i need to dive into that because i want to see uh what type of machines are actually going to be out there is it going to have uh you know dynaglides are they going to just do you know the honda vulcans oh no these I are mean, these are bigger bikes so yeah no no these are actual baggers so when you're talking about like um you're talking like harley street glides stuff like that yeah road glide indians challenger yeah road glides like and stuff yeah. like that so but they're all they're all kitted out i mean they got oh yeah oh yeah know, sport no, bike suspension. they're made as performance yeah. harleys and stuff like that Dude, I would love to see them and mess around. If I find one and uh, someone's messing around or someone, you know, uh, leaves a key in one of these things, I may jump on it and take it for a lap. <laughs> you might have to ride it a little bit different. Hey, you got to remember, I've been riding cruisers. I used to train on cruisers. I had a, um, what I used to train on, uh, 12... Uh, 1200 KR, uh, BMWs. So, I mean, I'm all for it. I can, I can put anything that's on two wheels or even, you know, three wheels. Uh, I can definitely, you know, hurt some feelings on there. Nice. You hear that, John? He's challenging you. <laughs> Challenge. Interesting. John's our spider, our spider rider. Oh, nice. I just, uh, kitted out a spider SS just today. At the Cycle Gear store, uh, some of the guys didn't know what they were kind of doing. The manager was kind of uh, busy doing helping another customer, and one of the new tech guys uh, didn't know how to uh, play around with something. So I was kind of, hey, let me help you out real quick. Let me show you how this works. So yeah, I, I love playing with those spiders. Spiders are very fun to uh, to ride. Uh, you can get yourself in trouble with those things because you know people want to do burnouts and and try to get the nose up and yet you can do some ooh man those things are very quick and fun. Yeah, I have the F3S. 
But you, you had an RSS. That was your first one. Yeah, I had an RSS, and then I upgraded to the F3S. Oh, nice. So it's inline triple. So what, when am I going to play? <laughs> Just got to get to Raleigh, right? <laughs> well, that or find me a track. <laughs> Give me four hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see. I will find the track. Actually, um, I know uh, Rich is probably heading over to CMP where I know the new management over there that will allow me to uh, do a couple of donuts on the mini track <laughs> that they have on uh, turn 12. <laughs> yeah, that looks so, like yeah. fun. They were running a bunch of uh, super motos and a bunch of other stuff out there not too long ago. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they definitely like to have fun over there uh, if, if, if at all possible. Yeah, CMP, freshly paved, and Saturday... I'll be there. This will be the first uh, bike track day on the new pavement. I think they have a, they've had one car event with DOT tires only. So this will be the first uh, first bike event. I wish I could go. Can't my, wait. Uh, my 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 doctor uh, gave me a no no. Well, since you you said the segways were smooth, how about one more into uh, track day coaching? <laughs> yeah, um, track day coaching has been going really well. Um, I'm actually trying to get onto another uh, organization that has been in need of good track day coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, I I used to run around with uh, NESBA, which is the Northeast Sport Bike Association, if you don't know. I know all your guys pretty much know that already. But um, I used to run with those guys a couple of times a year. And I mean, I'm everywhere. I mean, I went to Blackhawk Farms with Nesba doing the, their chili cook-off, their annual chili cook-off, which is an event to go to. Let me tell you, if they still do that, hopefully you guys still do that at Blackhawk Farms because that is a fun, fun event to go to. That and this. yeah, yeah, definitely. Is. And I'm playing around with some coaches in the intermediate group. And I'm kind of like, okay, it's getting kind of boring. Let me, you know, twist the throttle, see if I can play around, see if I can get the, you know, back end loose and some stuff. And uh, not knowing that another coach had come kind of behind me, and he tells me after coming to the pits, he's like, hey, um, who are you running with? And I'm like, uh, no one. He's like, yeah, I noticed that you got this, this, and this. And it's just like, you happen to be close to about three seconds off the track record. And I'm <laughs> like, really? It's like, I'm not going that fast. I'm just playing around. He's like, well, yeah, Mr. I can't remember his name right about now, but Mr. So-and-so over here, who actually is our one of our lead instructors, he's our track record holder. And he noticed that you was pretty close. And uh, <laughs> he was he wasn't scared. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> he's like, yeah, who's this guy? He's like, yeah, he wants to talk to you. So I'm like. He's like red oh. flag, red flag. <laughs> right, right. And he's like, okay. And he's he's a um I from what I know of his brief history, not say brief history, because he, he raced for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but he used to be a, I believe, a factory Hooters Suzuki rider. Mm. So I'm like, and I at the time when I was up there, I think he still had one of his machines, which was a Jigsaw 1000, I think a K7, something like that, uh, with like the max horsepower that Suzuki came with at that time. And he was fully kitted out and he was kind of like, 
yeah, so you're doing pretty good out there. It's kind of like, yeah. Um, the only the only advice that he gave me, that's how I know he was looking at me. <laughs> he was like, yeah, um, you may want to shift your weight before uh, before you do this and this. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool beans. He's like, it's like now you know he was following you. <laughs> right, right. Because he, he saw me um, in places where I was ripping, where um, I was like dipping and dodging people like left and right. And it's the intermediate group, which I think they should have bumped me up to an advanced group. But whatever, like I said, they didn't do it for whatever reason. Or oh, I guess I didn't ask to be bumped up. So they figured I was comfortable where I was at. And I was like, I was making safe passes. wasn't spooking too many people, uh, which I say by too many people. Um, <laughs> I say that to say this. Um, I'm coming, if anybody's been to Blackhawk Farms, which is a pretty technically tight track, the back straight, which leads to the front straight, I mean, right after that, um, I thought I was behind a small group of people, maybe like two riders. <laughs> and I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of getting on the gas and playing around, you know, the back end's moving around. I got the, the wheel up and I'm kind of, woohoo, I'm doing a Danley Eslick stuff here, here and there. And um, I come to this, this long straight and it has a little bit of a kink to it before you hit a hard right. So I'm coming up to this kink and I see two riders. And, oh, no problem. I can, you know, zoot past these guys real fast mm-hmm. and be no problem. I get to the kink and these two riders turn out to be four riders. And I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm, get, yeah, I'm getting on a brake. My back wheel is up. I'm, you know, I'm hitting on both brakes, front and back. Uh, my back wheel is up in the air. Um, I got my foot down. I'm trying to stop everything I can. I think that's the first time I've actually did a, 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 a Valentino leg dangle. <laughs> and I'm not a leg dangle person, but holy cow, I did it that time. And I guess they may have heard me coming up because, like I said, I'm stomping on the brakes. Right when I come to the apex, this one guy who was actually the first person, I guess he kind of heard us come through and he gave me just about three inches. And that's pretty much all I needed. Three inches of, of leg room. And I hit the curb. I hit that apex. I gunned it and I shot it out of there. By the time I even switched gears, I had about eight lengths on the whole group. Oh. <laughs> I turned back. I looked back and I saw the coach kind of weaving in through those guys. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> I just counted my blessings after that. And uh, <laughs> after that, uh, one of the coaches came by me. He's like, dude, um, I need you to follow this guy. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, um, we don't have enough coaches right about now. And they actually had me kind of like coaching someone who I really didn't know. Right. Um, but like I said, after that, it was just pretty much downhill. Then I um, did um, N2 for a very, very short period of time. Uh, their coaching staff was dwindling. They had, they, the organization is really good. Don't get me wrong. N2 has a really good um, staffing. And the guy who I was with paid for I guess an intermediate group, but he wasn't really up to speed. Mm. So just be at Roman Roads, which, like I said, if you carry enough speed, you know you'll be able to hit your marks. But if you don't carry speed in that that course, then you're going to hit wrong lines, or you're going to hit apexes when you have to stand the bike up. And it's kind of like, dude, you just got to drive through, just hold the throttle, and just go. Yeah. So he was noticing or a couple of people's noticing that, you know, he wasn't online or he was just checking up too much. So 
me and him talked for a little bit. You know, we sat down before we even went on track. We sat down for a couple minutes, almost for a full session to kind of get where he was at, get where he was coming from, get his mindset right. It's kind of, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get on track, bada bang, bada boom. Uh, next thing you know, three laps in, um, I'm doing about, at first, when we first went out, I only did about 40%, maybe 50%. Right. Just uh, really so easy. Right, really easy, just kind of showing him the line. By the time he was doing three laps, he was doing close to about 70%. Um, and I was pretty impressed by that. And he actually was shifting gears because before he was going so slow, he stayed in third gear. Right. He didn't even know how to pick up enough speed so that he would actually know how to shift gears and where to do it at. So next thing you know, um, he's talking to another um instructor and he's like yeah this guy jordan's great guy you guys need to have him do more often yada 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 and the guy's like jordan we don't have a jordan like who's jordan like wait what if i remember right the guy's name is brian if i remember right <laughs> and brian comes up to me he's kind of like are you coaching people and i'm like no i'm not coaching i'm in the intermediate group I'm doing my own thing. He's trying to get some pointers. So I'm kind of helping him out. And I kind of stopped what I was doing because I could see the kind of look in his face. And it's like, let me have a one-on-one conversation with you. So I talked with him for about a couple minutes Mm. and he was kind of like, dude, he's like, you are on the point. I would agree with you a hundred percent. It's just like, but you know, you're not an official coach with us. Right. So right. if anything like comes up, it's like, just bring him to one of us. And he's like, and I, and I told him, it's like, he did, he did go to one of you guys. And I guess you guys may have blew him off or whatever. So I don't know what the situation was. Right. They felt tied like he up wasn't, or whatever. T- right. They was tied up. We felt he wasn't getting enough attention. So I just gave him my one-on-one. And I was like, that's all I did. I said, like, if you guys want to intervene, be my guest. If you guys want me to back down, hey, I'm just here to have some fun. Yeah. I had some diving to do because I was working on some stuff. It's like, I'm trying to get some, my stuff done. So it's kind of like, be my guest. So um, after that, I did that for, uh, I really did that with N2, but I did that one time with N2 and did some other um one-on-one coaching. Um, and I told people, it was just like, Hey, if you want me to coach with you, I'll, I'll do it. And, you know, sometimes I did it for no fee. Sometimes it's kind of like, Hey, I, I'm be working on some stuff. And if you're up to my speed or if you can come close to it, then uh, I'll help you out. Uh, Dawn Carmadon, uh, love it or death. She was doing a coaching. She wasn't even doing a coaching event. Actually, she was coaching. She was coaching one group, and I was there just kind of just having fun. I ended up coaching, and then me and her started playing around. And the next event, my bike was down, and I needed a bike to ride. She had about two different bikes. Um, she was like, "Here, you know, play around with this one." So I'm running around with the Honda 600 street legal bike. Street tires, street suspension, normal shifting, I mean, stock exhaust, everything. And I'm kind of like, okay, I said, you know, you don't mind if I wreck this thing. She's kind of like, well, I don't want you to, but, you know. (laughs) If it happens, you know. (laughs) Yeah, if it happens, hey, you know, I'll I'll cover it for you. She's like, I know you. I've seen you. I've seen you do your things like no problem. 
So I'm kind of, okay, I go out on her bike and I kind of get four or five laps into it, kind of get used to it. And uh, I'm like, okay, good, I got it. So it's like, okay, cool beans. You're going to be working with this group. Hey, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be playing around with your bike. What are you, <laughs> you getting me coached on your bike now? <laughs> so she threw me with the all, oh, not the all girls group because she was coaching the all girls group. And there was a couple of novice guys who got signed up at the last minute and was kind of like, hey, I'm already coaching with these girls. I'll find you somebody. So she threw me, I must say she threw me under the bus, but she gave me an opportunity to kind of stretch my legs and kind of do some some things. Right. And um, right. next thing I know, I'm coaching like five new brand new riders on her bike that I have like no idea on, you know, what the limit and stuff is. Um, so I go out there, I do a couple of sessions with some new riders and then me and Dawn, uh, well, actually Dawn came up to me. She's like, how's the bike? And I'm like, Oh, it's good. It's good. You know, it's, I'm just not trying to wreck it. She's like, well, uh, let's go have some fun. And I'm like, are you serious? She's like, yeah. I'm like, All right. Could be. So like, well, I'm lead. She's like, okay, fine. So I go out and like I said, I'm on her bike, 600 Honda stock. By the second lap, and this is, she used to race. She mm -hmm. used to race CCS. She did a little bit of Weera. By the second lap, I turn around, because I'm thinking she's like right behind me. I'm hearing her, yeah. then I'm not hearing her. Then I'm hearing her, then I'm not hearing her. Then I'm not hearing her. Then I'm not hearing her. <laughs> then I'm hearing her, then I'm not hearing her. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Like, what's going on? I come around front straight on Roebling Rose and she's like 12 bike lengths behind me. And I'm like, what in the blue blaze is going on? So we come into the pits. I'm like, what's happening? It's just kind of like, I'm on your bike and I shouldn't be dusting you. So it, it just came up to um, CJ, which is the owner of Legacy Track Days. And he's kind of like, um, what's going on over here? It's kind of like, I thought you guys were supposed to be coaching. Next thing you know, you're popping wheelies. <laughs> I actually popped on. the wheelie. Right, yeah. I actually popped the wheelie. Like I said, this is on her bike. I actually popped the wheelie coming out of turn three, which is a transition. It's a, it's a hard, long left into a fast right. So I'm actually pulling a wheelie on her bike going into turn four, and I'm doing a wheelie coming out of turn seven which is another kind of a, a, a carousel right-hander, and then you come uphill. So if you hit, if you kind of hit your marks right, you know, the back end will kind of loosen up. Or if you, if you plant it really good, your nose will come up. So I'm coming up the hill, you know, doing a wheelie, like, you know, for about 100 yards, 200 yards, about 150 yards. And he's like, what are you guys doing? I thought you guys were supposed to be coaching. So I turned around. He's kind of like, hey, listen, I saw you coaching some some guys and i saw dawn kind of give you your bike just like hey would you want a position with us because we're you know need some new guys and i'm like hey sure I'm, be my guest so i ran with uh, legacy track days coaching with them for just over about almost two years where i coached um novice i would say i had two categories of novices novice like a street day rider mm -hmm. had no track knowledge whatsoever or even sometimes even someone who just got onto a bike and who really needed some some uh 
knowledge on what to do with themselves, not really too much on a bike, what to do with themselves. And then I had another novice where, you know, they had some track day experience, but they wanted to go, you know, just have some fun, go a little bit faster, try to stay on the race line, but, you know, not hurt themselves. So I worked with those groups. Then whenever an intermediate spot opened up to where someone had some track knowledge or some track experience, had some speed to them, but didn't wasn't able to refine or didn't know how to refine their race craft mm-hmm. so that they can hit apexes smooth or know when to transition, uh, how to exit properly, how to enter a corner properly, how to downshift, how to trail break correctly, um, how to smoothly get on the gas, when to get on the gas hard. Little things like that is when uh, the things I started uh, really coaching with. And then uh, the expert guys, you know, we just had fun. Um, <laughs> I ran with uh, some some guys, some older uh, AMA pro guys uh, who, you know, I wouldn't say they, gave, they hung up their leathers because they haven't. Uh, they're still pretty fast. Right. And, uh, right. Just not racist. They just, Right, just not racing, or they just handed down the craft over to their kids, and uh, like what we're doing. So, uh, so yeah, it, it was really fun to to work with him uh, for about, like I said, for about almost two years. Where um, you know he's still doing his thing uh, right about now, and uh, I wish you know CJ all the best. Yeah, you touched on something a minute ago, and I think this is important for people to know. Like, it's kind of like track day protocol, like. You you mentioned seeking out a coach and and finding mm-hmm. you know getting assistance and things like that. So just kind of kind of talk through that. You know what's the protocol? What's the expectation? Because the riders are out there. They have a couple different jobs. Obviously, they're, they're you know for safety. They're there for control. You know making sure that faster bikes go by and you know slower bikes still get what they need. But then the other piece that they're there for and and I I don't know if people know this all that well, but they're also there for the coaching, but you have to ask for it, right? They're not going to come find you and give you pointers. Like you kind of got to elicit that from them. So just talk about that protocol a little bit. Okay. The protocol with a lot of coaching and and it really depends on the coaching environment. Sometimes uh, they'll have an assignment for coaching. Uh, Like for me, I had six, sometimes 12 people assigned to me. So whenever they had any questions or anything, they can always come to me. Um, No matter where I'm at, I tell them where I'm at. And it's just like, if you have any questions, come to me. If, if we have a concern or anything, you know, grab me up. Uh, So different organizations will have different, not say protocols, but different way of doing a particular protocol. But yes, that is mainly what they want the riders to do. If they have any concerns about anything, they want to be able to come up to a coach. The good and the bad thing about that is sometimes if the person isn't familiar with the person, or let's just say, which comes up quite often, doesn't like the coach. Right. Right. Then no matter what it is, and I've had to, you know, I've always asked them, it's like, do you feel comfortable with me? Right. If you don't, I'm not telling that if you don't feel comfortable with me, perfectly fine. I'm not going to take offense to that. We'll find someone who talks your language or understands where you're coming from and is on the same page as you whether it's me or somebody else. And that's another thing that sometimes has 
needs to happen or hasn't had happen to where the writer um, sometimes isn't familiar with the environment. If they're a new writer, this is their first time at a track day, they're not familiar, all these strange people, you know, <laughs> talking, reversing. All the procedures it, 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 and, it, and everything right, that go along with it. And they don't know what's going on. And it's kind of like, hey, this is your first time. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like, well, listen, you know, I'll walk it with you. I'm a coach. My name is Jordan Long. It's kind of like this will be our first time together. So I'm a new writer also. And we'll walk through this together. We'll find out, you know, what's going on and where you need to be at and stuff like that. And that actually will help the writer feel more comfortable because if it's some place where it's a totalitarian totalitarian system to where, oh, the coaches know everything. Listen to your coach, your coach is God. And it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to ask him anything because I feel stupid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't feel comfortable. So like I said, for me, I always try to not just, I guess say humble myself to where I've tried to be more approachable. And I, I tell everybody, it's kind of like, if I'm not approachable, if I offend you or anything like that, pull me to the side and be like, Hey, I didn't like the way you said that. I will definitely curb that right then and there and I will apologize. And I've apologized a couple of times because even, you know, sometimes we get kind of loose with the mouth yeah. and, you know, joke around with certain people are just kind of strict to the point and right. cross my right. T's and dot my eyes. And you have to respect that. And I tell them, it's like, hey, if you need some one-on-one to where I say something you don't understand, write that question down. And if we don't have time in this session, I'll take personal one-on-one time and I'll explain what I meant by that or how we can improve on whatever it is. So the protocol pretty much is if you do have a question, ask a coach, ask a control rider, whatever the, the lingo may be. I like the word coach because it's something to where it's a little bit easier on the verbiage right, right? and it's not like I'm a control rider. I'm controlling anything. You can control whatever you want to, you know, they're going to go fast. They're going to go slow. They're going to do what they want to do. If I'm coaching, I'm helping you understand whatever it is you're trying to reach, whatever goal you're trying to reach. And that's what I'm there for. I'm there just to help you become a better, safer, faster rider. Either all those things, one of those things, or any of those things, that's what I'm there for. So the protocol is just um, usually if you have a question, just come up there and ask a a coach. Um, But sometimes they'll have the assignments set up. And if you don't like that person for whatever reason, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, suck it up, buttercup. But other times it should be like, hey, if you don't like this person, whatever, then, hey, find another coach where you, you know, you can talk better with and, um, you know, make the environment a lot more friendlier. Yeah. Like I said, I just just wanted people to know you kind of have to, well, at least I've only done five track days with three different groups. And with the exception of sport bike track time, it it seems to be Mm -hmm. a little bit more of a free for all. I mean, obviously you have hand signals and, and things like that on the track, but if if you want to speak to someone, like I said, you, you have to seek that out. If you just come off the track and go back to your, you know, your tent or your RV, yeah, then yeah, yeah you're yeah. you're not gonna get anything there. You kinda have to to seek that out. But but I really like the way that, that Sport Bike Track Time did their at least their novice program because they included classroom sessions. They yeah. broke they broke the group up into smaller segments. So like you said, it was yeah. like eight people. You know, it's like, you know, this coach and then you ate and then this coach and you ate. And then amongst those three groups, 
they moved people based on their their level. Yeah. So even yep. even amongst the novice group, they had three different tiers of okay, you know, this is your first track day, or yep. you've done one or two, but you've not been to this track, and then you have people, you know, have done it a few times. So yep. it was a nice a nice breakup. Yeah, with uh, STT, they're a good organization also. I just uh, emailed a couple of people over there um, uh, trying to work s- some deals out with them, with those guys, uh, because they are they have been a real strong uh, foundation uh, of track days in the Southeast region, uh, even including the Midwest. And uh, I believe they go out as far as Colorado. Uh, I haven't really seen too much of them past that, but don't quote me. But uh, like I said, every time I've seen them, heard about them, or saw their organization, how they how they do things, they're really, 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 really right on point. And um, hopefully, you know, they they continue doing what they're doing, and um, really thrive on uh, getting guys experience, guys and girls. Yep. Don't discriminate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just to, just to riders, you know, experience and give them the help that they need. And I've, I've noticed that a lot of track day organizations will follow that same protocol, or if not, they've adapted into that protocol to where for the novice riders, they're kind of break them down into smaller groups, or if not, they have a particular coach to where they go out on, on track with, and then, like I said, advance them. Uh, accordingly so it's a real good structure that definitely does work and hopefully uh we can improve on it very nice well we have some we have some fun we want to get to after our break but i also want to hear a little bit about your podcast and then we'll move into our our thank you segment will do i'm ready for it yeah so let, let us hear about jl unlimited i know i've listened to quite a few of them i know you've had some some short interviews, some longer interviews. And I know you were certainly worked in the paddock like crazy at, at, uh, at road Atlanta. So yeah, tell us a little bit about the podcast and you know, your goals, what you're trying to do there and then we'll move it on. Well, with JL Unlimited podcasting and radio, well, it's the po- JL Unlimited uh, radio and podcasting is pretty much a introductory, uh, series. I guess not really series, but a podcast for, the southeast region would i reside in and i'm trying to really get not just them but across america kind of into motorcycling when people hear about or see motorcycles on the road or the highways stuff like that i hate the term but they call them crotch rockets and i always tell them they're not crotch rockets. Those are sport bikes or they're street bikes. Right. You know, and I kind of explain to them what a crotch rocket actually is or what a crotch rocket term really is. And it's just like, if you look at, you know, the MotoGP and stuff like that, this is where the motorcycle actually derives from and they water it down to what you see on the street. They don't quite understand that. So, what the podcast is trying to do is trying to introduce them into the motorcycle community, the motorcycle world. I try to keep things kind of light and talk about different aspects on a person's life, how they became into, let's say, Motor America or road racing 
or just into motorcycling in general to kind of get a conversation started to where it's not you see a, a sport bike on the street, you know, acting stupid or having some fun doing a wheelie or a stoppy or a skitching or something like that. And you think negative about them because it's them expressing themselves with a machine that you can't do on a car. Right, right. And that's pretty much what it is. So the podcast is is just a meeting point or a segue to explain to the masses that motorcycling is a fun way to relieve stress, to get out from the house, to explore the countryside, to do so many various things um, that you know, some people take for granted. And yes, it does take a, a special skill to learn how to ride a motorcycle. But I believe if everyone learns how to mo- ride a motorcycle, you're hooked. You know, I don't care if it's a scooter, you're, you're going to be hooked. You know, just got to try that, yep. Right. Once you have that wind in your air, uh, you know, you, you're twisting that throttle, you're, you're banking that corner and you just feel those G's on you. And it's kind of like, wow, I, I've, this is something that you can't copy. You can't mimic. You mm-hmm. can't get from any other sensation, any other machine, but a motorcycle. So it, it's definitely a segue and, and definitely a platform for the masses and for the racers, for the track day riders, um, for everybody who wants to become a motorcyclist who wants to be into motorcycling or doesn't have a way of getting getting any information to become a motorcyclist i definitely try to provide that for them so if anybody has any questions or they looking for things hey i want to hear about a particular um thing how do i properly fit a helmet I can talk about that or I can get someone who like in Orai, Shoei, uh, whatever your favorite brand is, I can get someone to elaborate on anything. Hmm. Street tires, how to change gears the proper way. There's actually a wrong way to change gears. You know, people wouldn't think about that. Yeah, there's a there's a right and a wrong way to change a gear on a motorcycle. So that's what that's what it's about. It's definitely about uh, bridging the gap within American society. With so, motorcycles. Yay. <laughs> well, and it's so good it's, that you want to go ahead. Make it's it. not, I was just going to say it's not one down five up. <laughs> well, it is for some people. Um, but for others, you know, it's, it's, it's one up five down. And then, uh, <laughs> and then <for> some <laughs> people, you know, <laughs> you know, cause I do GP shift. So for me, it's actually one up five down. So <laughs> I, I, Riding a street bike on a car, um, a Dawn's bike, I actually had to relearn how to shift on a racetrack. I've never ridden street shift on a racetrack. So I had to think about things and I had to put my mind. I don't know if too, too many people know about this. Who knows Max Biaggi? I've heard the name. Can't Max play. Biaggi is the five time world superbike and a uh, moto gp rider five-time champion in the 125 250 world superbike and he he did another class i think he did 250 twice so 
I say that because no one really kind of catches it. Max Biaggi races regular shift. He doesn't race GP shift. Hmm. So he actually race, he actually races one down five up. Didn't know that. Wow. And do you do you know where that comes from? Like what's the what's the advantage of of shifting of pushing down to go into a higher gear? Okay. Here the thing is, it's not really a scientific proven fact, but obviously <laughs> racers want to reduce drag in any way, shape, form, and possibility. That's why we have that stupid little hump on our, uh, on the on suit. our suits yeah. to keep everything aerodynamic. So when you're actually shifting up, you're actually creating drag by having your foot down. And I actually did feel it. You can actually feel the air resistance on your toe when you're waiting to shift or when you are shifting. So when you're tucked in, your knees are tucked into the tank real tight, real, you know, you got your bum back, you're, you're down, you got your chin on the tank. Yeah. You know, you're trying to be as small as possible. You got your forearms tucked on the tank. You got your knees touching your elbows. If they're, if you're in the right position and you've got your wrist down, you're trying to be as, as little as possible on that machine. And that little downforce isn't enough to slow you down. Not like an air brake or something like that, but people have felt that. And it's kind of like, Oh, it just, it just feels like I'm, I'm, I'm slow. It feels like it's slowing me down. So we actually reverse that to where when you want to get that drag, you pop out of the uh, windscreen, right, you right. do your, your Vossi leg dangle, and then you actually put your foot down to shift up, which would be reverse. So then you are creating drag. So it, it's been like that for... 1974, 1976, somewhere there. So, I mean, don't quote me. I I can actually call uh, Kenny Roberts Jr. and find out when they actually (laughs) did start flipping over the the shifters. But from what he told me that his dad, um, they always had GP shift. So even on the two fi- the five hundred, pardon me, the two fifties and the five hundreds on on MotoGP, they've always had those machines GP shifted. So when it came to World Superbike, um, which came into inauguration, like I said, like the late seventies, early eighties, um, then you know that's when they started flipping things over because kind of like you know I want to be as streamlined as possible. The only way to do that is flip that puppy over. So when you're shifting the gears, you just click them down. Click it just down bang, bang them out. Just bang them out. All right. Yeah, I thought it was more of a an efficiency of shifting instead of having to to rearrange your foot and go under to shift up. You just click it, it clicking down. Efficient. And now that right. you have quick shifters, I don't know how much that matters. But um, right now you have you don't even do anything. Holy cow! Um, you just. Not to well, some people already knew about this. I knew about this when Ben Spees was racing World Superbike 2009. That they had the auto blip, they had the auto blip, and they already had the the quick shift. So they was already working on that in 2008 2009 uh, when uh, Ben Spees came into the paddock and World Superbike. Mm. So, like I said, this this stuff that we're seeing now has been in the process long, long time ago. So. When these guys are on the throttle, they're completely on the throttle. 
And when they're even downshifting because of the auto blip now, only thing they're doing is grabbing a break. They yeah. don't have to grab a clutch. Yep. They're just yep. clicking down shifts, you know, into whatever gear, and then boom, they're they're in and out. So it's becoming um, a really just an automated way of racing, to where you're 220 miles an hour going into a you know you're breaking into a 60 mile an hour turn, and, and click, you're click. not even yeah you're not even using anything. You're just gas brake that's it so yeah it, it's definitely uh efficient to stay under the bubble shift uh with your foot up and then you can just bang them out and then whenever you need to drag then you upshift out, yeah. you pop out then you uh upshift in a normal or not normal direction the backwards direction very nice yep. all right jordan well we're gonna have links to your podcast in the show notes um and we'll have all of that. We'll have some pictures and things like that. So at this time, we need you to prepare your eight days a week list. Yes. We're, we're going to thank some people. Bacon's got a quick topic, and then we'll, we'll get to that wonderful list. Yes, I'm ready for it. All right. So for episode 188, I would just like to take a moment here and thank our monthly supporters um, for their continued support, and that list being Tim, Kevin, Chuck, and Zion. Thank you all very much for your support. And you can join a list of supporters for the next show, which will be 189, or the ongoing monthly by visiting loudpipes.net forward slash donate. If you, have, if you want to send a, a one-time donation, if they're $10 or more, we're still sending show stickers until that stock is gone. And I'm also sending them to the month, new monthlies as well. And if you're interested in a free motorcycle rental, head over to loudpipes.net forward slash twisted road. And this is a referral program, and the benefits we receive from that will translate into bikes for us to ride and review on the show. Again, that's loudpipes.net slash twisted road. All right, Brother Bacon, I believe you have oh, what? bike news for us. Do you not? Oh, it's kind of sad news. Is it like wah wah, or is it just eh? Or maybe sad. it's like you know the change in your lifestyle. Well, it's 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 sad yet it's happy at the same time. <laughs> and tell us what what the what the bike is, just so people know what has been sold. So, see, there you go. You already gave it away. Mm. <laughs> Jeez, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> now you know my beer is gone. <laughs> oh oh no it was a 2006 harley davidson dyno with a 96 uh, i'm sorry the 95 uh inch big bore kit and what happened to it <laughs> um well no i sold it um getting ready to get the new bike um that's coming up here Pretty soon. Wait, Vine Bacon. Uh, can we get Bacon, a teaser? Can we get a little teaser? What are you buying? It's going to have two wheels. Oh, damn. Not a spider. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and not a slingshot. Thank God. <laughs> and so pedals. Contest, Bacon. And Let's pedals. Can guess your no. bike. Oh, he's getting a Schwinn. <laughs> Banana seat. <laughs> Honestly, to be tr to be truthful, like with pedal bikes, I was always a fan of treks growing up. Okay, love so, treks. Like, like they're just great bike. They're just great, great bikes. Yeah. So but John, now, uh, John could be hitting on something here, though. If 
Are you going to get a bike in the next few months or is this a, a ways off? I'm looking at hopefully within the next month. Oh, we got, we got to run a contest then. People have to I'm, guess. Uh, month, month and a half. I, I, you know, you know, all fingers crossed. Um, I'll have decided and got the uh, funding and everything all fully pure, procured by the meat. The meetup, October meetup. Okay. So that's two two months away. Yeah. Just under, just under, but yeah. So that's what I'm looking to do. So if people want to throw in their little two cents. We got, we have to offer some incentive, maybe uh, a sticker pack. I don't know, John, you got some old t-shirts laying around somewhere. An old school handshake from me. (laughs) A handshake from bacon, (laughs) but you got to come to the meetup and. In October. <laughs> see? See? It works. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that'll be and, fun. And send it to John at R-Dub Studios for the information. Oh, yeah. If you want to cheat, call John. He probably knows. Just get John him, only knows so much. Get him liquored up. He'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> liquored up, rubbed down. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and how long did I keep that secret from you, Rich? Too long. Too long. Yeah, we, we got to give Jordan the quick backstory. Like, um, when John first joined the show, he, he wasn't writing anything. He just, he was our kind of like our behind the scenes technical director. You know, he looked up facts for us and stuff like that, but he really wasn't on, on air, so to speak. But then gotcha. he, he started getting more and more into it. And then, sort of behind our back, went and bought his first spider and dropped it on us in the middle of a recording when we were down at Barber. <laughs> like the night before the, the big event, John's like, hey, we should record tonight. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. We've been riding all day. I'm not setting up the gear. Like, we'll be fine tomorrow. Like, let's just, let's just get to bed. John's like, I think we should set up and record something. Oh, it's a good show. You can go back and listen to that one if you get time. Do you remember the number, oh, John? Definitely. Off the top of your head? Oh, yeah. 46. 46? Okay. 46? Okay. <laughs> Roger that. I'm on it. And the better one is go listen to 100, which we did an anniversary show. It kind of gives backstory about the whole thing about, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Rich is sitting there picking his toes. <laughs> like the, it, creep, the, the, it creeped the, out the, our buddy Rico. Like, what? <laughs> it goes back to the whole backstory. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I didn't know the backstory at all. So, so 40, yeah, 46 and 100. If, if you need something to put you to sleep. <laughs> I'll be picturing you picking your toes. That's what I'm be picturing. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, it's not 46. It's 45. 45. Okay. 45. 45 and 100. Okay. Done deal. We were drinking some some good stuff out of a a clear glass as well. So it was a good night. Moonshine. <laughs> Little shine action. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our eight days a week because being a rider, a racer, and a motorcycle lover, I'm sure this list is going to be good. So the just a recap for everyone and, and for Jordan as well. So our, our eight days a week that we play is you're, you're building your ultimate garage. So money is no object and anything you want, no. bikes, cars, availability, boats. What's that? And availability is... Doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you can or can't get them. Like, just what would be in your ultimate garage? 
and a project. You know, we add something that you want to wrench on, work on. So that kind of gives you eight, and that's our eight days a week. So I've got nice. I've got my pencil ready and my my uh, handmade paper, and I'm ready to go. So who's going to kick it off? Want me to kick it off? Oh no, no, no! This is all you. Yeah, it's just your list. We, oh, we have our me my list. Oh wow, my first. So this is first day. Yeah, it's like it's so, one for every day of the week. Gotcha. Plus, um, let's. Oh yeah, okay. Let's say I hit the lottery. I guess that's pretty much what it is. I hit the lottery. My first day, uh, I'm buying a. 1989 Ferrari 380 Spider. <laughs> All right. Starting four. Is that the, um, that's not the Magnum PI version, is it? The Magnum PI is, a, is the 368, I think. I can't remember. I, okay. But it's very similar to it. So that's going to be my day one. Um, I'm not even going to work on that puppy because that's going to be uh, my pimp around ride, at least for day one. Mm. Day two would be um, there's a house that I wanted to build or I would say refurbish that is on that is actually on the outskirts of Beaufort, South Carolina in Shell Point area. It is a four bedroom house about <laughs> I would say 5,000 square feet, maybe six. I think it's actually bigger than that. Um, it has a small stable for the horse. You can't forget my, my, my kids. Of course, yeah. So a small stable, yeah. Racetrack. And it has, yeah, and it has a garage that can fit roughly every car that I'm going to mention and every bike that I'm going to mention next. <laughs> That's cool. You know what? You're the first one to realize that you need a place to put all these. Yes. Oh, trust me. <laughs> Everyone else gets greedy and leaves them all parked in the street. No. Um, no. Somebody said they had a motorhome or trailer. <laughs> what? No. See, they're not thinking long term. I'm thinking long term. Um, so that would be day two. Um, the house, I would definitely uh, expand on and definitely build up the new grotto because it's sitting oh. right by the marsh facing the bridge going towards Bluffton, South Carolina. So you have nothing but just uh, not really ocean front, but pretty marsh front. So, yeah. So is that I'm, three I'm, or I'm still part of two? That's still two. Oh, okay. That's still two. So day three would be <laughs> going back out. Like I said, this is all day two. This is finishing up day. This is to finish up the house. Got to get the house, the stables for the girls, and the garage for the tourists. <laughs> the moat. Yeah, 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 a moat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm in Beaufort, South Carolina. There are alligators here. So. <laughs> oh, okay. already there. Huh? Drawbridge. <laughs> Drawbridge. <laughs> well, there are gates. There are iron gates. So yeah, all thing I need is archers. <laughs> All right. So day so day three would be the Kuntash. Oh, nice which, classic. Which, believe it or not, you have to work on that car every single day. So that's going to be my project 
that would leave me out in the garage all the freaking time because the battery doesn't never work no matter if you change it or not you have to change the oil every like 40 miles so i'll move this down to the project (laughs) yeah uh that's definitely going to be uh you know tires are going to be you know melted every every week because you know 560 horsepower with uh 600 pounds foot pounds of torque you know yeah tires going to be done all the time yeah right foot yeah that right foot oh boy so the day four would be actually, believe it or not, um, I love spending time with my girls. And because they want to enjoy the time with us uh, being together, day four would actually be the track. Oh. Me and the girls either building a track at the house or at Josh Heron's house. Like I said, it was only hop, skip, and jump away. And we're just having fun on the track. You guys have so like a, like an interconnecting greenway or something? I guess so. I guess <laughs> you could call it that. Yeah, I guess you call it that. But because I like, you know me, I, I, I'm a motorcyclist through and through. And my girls are just uh, uh, not just feeding off of me, but they've always been around it. When my youngest daughter was born... Her first day from the hospital was at the track. I was racing. My wife brought our youngest daughter fresh from the womb out to the track. And people were looking at us like we're crazy. <laughs> and looking like, um, what do you expect? We are a racing family. This is what she's going to be around. Right. So nine years later, she's actually wanting to race. So it's definitely going to be something. That's cool. So day four would definitely be. At the track, yeah, definitely the racetrack. Um, day five uh, is kind of a hard one because usually after the track, they want to sleep, and I would actually want to spend some time with the wife. She likes having one on one time uh, after we have you know big fun. If she's not there, then she likes to you know indulge time with with. Papa Bear. So uh, uh, day five. Family show. Be, family show. Family show, but Go we ahead. all know babies are made. That's right. <laughs> it's not the stork, okay? <laughs> well, it could be the stork, but we won't. She doesn't call me that no more. Right. <laughs> well, it's <not> stork. It was the pork. It was the <laughs> They, uh, believe it or not, day six and seven would pretty much be shopping for the missus. She likes uh, thrift shopping. She likes going around touring. So I don't know if we would take the car or we would take the bikes. But um, she likes going around the bikes with me also. So the next two days, we're going to be going out yard sailing, uh, seeing the town, seeing the country. Uh, when we leave, we leave. The last time we went on vacation, I wouldn't really call it a vacation, but the last time we left, um, she took a trip out to Utah to see her mom, which took her four days. I went out on the trip to Texas, which I was there for about four days 
I thought I was going to, I thought she was going to get back before I did, but I got back before she did. So when I got back, I left again and drove up to, I drove, I drove up to New York. Nice. So if we ain't got no place to go, we leaving, we going somewhere. <laughs> so definitely for the next two days, we are touring the country, uh, taking the sites, vacay. Yeah. Nice. Um, day seven, we're back at the house, back on the bikes racing or if not we're prepping for a race and those next two days or i say the next day was going to be day eight uh we're getting trophies nice all right i have to ask one more question though go ahead if you're going to buy a new sport bike today for you to ride which one um because i'm still in the 600 um see mm, no pressure i'm just yeah, no pressure, right? Yeah, yeah, punk. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a toss-up between the R1M or the R6. Um, actually, trying to sell my 2007 R6 so I can get the newer R6, mm-hmm. 2016 and newer. Um, but if money's no object, you know, R1M all day, anything. Uh, heck no. It's going to be the, uh, Ducati, um, uh, Desmodici, uh, D one, four, the street legal, the street legal Ducati or the, the new hundred thousand Ducati, the new super Legera. <laughs> no, 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 no. The D 14, the 900, the, the, uh, 900 CC Ducati that they actually made for the street. You're not talking, about the, super you're not talking about the current one, right? You're talking about the one that. They did a couple of years ago, uh, but this is a Desmo Sedici uh, yeah. MotoGP motorcycle. Rare one, yeah. Yeah. They only made, I think, 12 or 20. It was like 12 or 20. They couldn't make up their mind which one they was going to make. Uh, but I know one is at the museum at Barber, and I drooled over that for about a couple of minutes. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, the caretaker didn't mind too much. Um, but yeah, they actually have one over there, and there's one in... Um, Jay Leno's garage. There's a private collector out in California who has one. Um, I think there's like two or three in Europe, but like I said, they only made like 12, if not 20, but, uh, that would definitely be, um, my motorcycle. Very nice. Cops would not catch me. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jordan. Well, we've have, have run it quite a length tonight but before we go just let everyone know where you know where to reach you you know best place to find the podcast you know where you are on social media all that stuff and and we'll uh put that in the show notes as well links for everyone make it real easy it'll be loudpipes.net slash 188 yeah the best place to get me is on facebook under uh jl unlimited uh you can find the race page at jl racing on the facebook you also get me at Instagram at JL Unlimited. So that's J.L.Unlimited. And you can also get me on Twitter, which is they couldn't, I couldn't put JL Unlimited on there for whatever crazy reason. <laughs> so it's MR underscore long 23. 23 was my first racing number um, that I had. I couldn't pick out anything else. Okay. So uh, MR underscore long 23 at Twitter. And those are the best place you can get me at. Any place over there has my uh, phone number, business line, email address, 
anywhere to get in contact with me, I have uh, the podcast on the J Unlimited uh, podcasting page and the race page. Also have the um, podcasting itself, which is on Spreaker. S P R E A K K E R. Say that five times fast, <laughs> so you can find the uh, podcast directly on Spreaker.com. Yep, and yeah, easy to find in in all the major outlets. I found it on my my podcast app right away just by searching. So it's out there. It's available, and check it out. Yeah, it's on uh, it's on YouTube. It's on uh, like five other. Uh, podcasting, uh, just derivative uh, websites. So all you got to do is look up for JL Unlimited. And uh, if you don't find it, send me an email. I'll make sure you can find it there later on. And we'll straighten it out. Yes, sir. Very good. Um, Johnny John, two quick events, yep. and then we'll we'll close it up. Quick events? Yeah, what, oh, sure. <laughs> what's coming up in October? Uh, oh, we're going to have this meetup, I think. Yes, we are. We having What's it? Going on? Meet up. Let's do it. Okay, we're gonna have oh, a meet. I'm down. Can you remind me the week before? <laughs> sure, bacon. Sure. Send, send me I'll a text. Week Maybe a day. Yeah, wherever it's at, I don't care where it's at. I'll I'll, I'll meet up. All right. right, it's in Telco Plains, Tennessee. Done. October, yeah, October 9th through the twelfth. We've got uh, the cabins reserved, but camping open. Certainly, there's other cabins in the area. I know um, we've been talking to Tom from Throttled, and I think even Kevin might be joining. I know he was looking for a cabin and, and talking with Tom, and we were texting the other day. So, you know, we'll see. Could be a good group. What do we got, John? You think 12, 15 bikes, give or take? Yeah, it depends on what the— depends uh, on who can get or who can travel and who can't kind of thing. Well, it depends on who wants to leave their state and go back and self-quarantine for 14 days. How's that? Yeah. All depends on the COVIDs. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Depends on the yeah. depends on what he, all the states do between now and then. But yeah. it'll be fun, and if all goes well, I will try to do the Isle of Man in June of 2021 Ooh. since this year was canceled. Nice. All right. I will go. <laughs> get your get your tickets now. Yes, sir. All right. Well, fellas, notes of this show can be found on the website. That's loudpipes.net/slash one eight eight. We have links there where, of course, you can leave us feedback. You can subscribe to this show with your favorite podcast app. And there's links there to social media, largely run by Brother Bacon. And if you find some, oh, yeah. some value in the show, consider supporting us at loudpipes.net slash donate. Leave us a note there. We will read it on the show. All right, Jordan, thanks again for joining us. Loved hanging I out. I want to at thank you guys. Road Atlanta. Thank you guys a lot for inviting me out and uh, having fun with me. I know I talk a lot. Uh, but like I said, this is the only time I get a chance to actually express how much I uh, love motorcycling and how much I'm trying to give back to the sport and trying to spread the love of the sport. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we got to do it again. This is a good time. And hopefully we'll see you at the track as well. Yeah. Um, if I can't make it for CMP next uh, weekend, uh, I'll at least head up over there and support you and uh, give you some coaching tips if I can. I've been over there, hurt people's feelings on a CMP also. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely uh, be up there. Like I said, if, if anybody needs my support, give me a call. If I can make it, I'll make it. If you want to pay a flight for me to go head out there and support you, I'll do that too. Very nice. All right, Johnny John. Put your yes, stand up. Sure, let's roll. All right. Bacon. Hello. Bye con Dios. All right. <laughs> Thanks again, Jordan. Good night. Thank you, guys.
Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate. 